This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 5th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Several presidential candidates are pushing hard to soak the top 1% of income earners in the United States. Cato Institute senior fellow Alan Reynolds says that could have some unwelcome implications for workers who are not in the top 1%. The emphasis on the share of income going to the top 1% serves a purpose. It's a means to an end, and the end is to increase tax rates, not just on the top 1%, but just about everybody. So you start out by trying to feign outrage that, oh my gosh, the top 1% are getting more and more of our income. Actually, they're getting their own income, but that's the way it's phrased. And uh, and then you try to slip through uh, a repeal of all the 2003 tax cuts, which includes the lowest rates, not just the highest rates, uh, uh, surtaxes to get rid of the AMT, surtaxes for medical uh, insurance, surtaxes for this and that, surtaxes piled on top of surtaxes, uh, all of which are certainly not just paid by the top 1%. But uh, the, the number is there uh, to serve a polemical political purpose because there's a presidential election coming up next year. It's not the top 1% of all income. It's the top 1% of something called adjusted gross income that shows up on individual tax returns. That's that's a pretty big distinction. Obviously, not all income shows up on tax returns. It'd be a little naive to think it does. There is tax avoidance. There is an underground economy. But more than that, uh, these numbers typically uh, exclude almost all transfer payments. That is, they only include a portion of Social Security, if any. They don't include uh, uh, in-kind transfer payments like Medicaid and food stamps, so you're you're missing all the lower incomes. You're missing a lot of the middle incomes because in the past, if we save for college or we save for um, uh, retirement, uh, I'm talking about like the 70s, uh, that was in an account that was taxable. So we had to report our interest, dividends, capital gains to the IRS, and it would show up as income in these numbers. Now we have it in a 401k, an IRA, a 529 account. And for the middle income people, the so-called middle class, a lot of that income is sheltered and hidden, and therefore it doesn't show up in the data. So it makes their incomes look lower, makes top incomes look higher. Finally, the worst, probably the worst thing of all about the, the top 1% figure is that it's been moving up and down uh, largely because when the individual tax rate come, came down, the corporate rate didn't uh, in uh, 1986 or didn't come down as much. And again in 2003, uh, there was a strong incentive to move income out of the corporate income tax into the individual income tax. You do that by setting up subchapter S corporation, an LLC, a uh, uh, partnership or proprietorship. More than half a business income is now showing up in the individual tax return. Didn't used to. And so this is just a bookkeeping shift. But in these numbers, it looks like, wow, a big increase in the top 1% income. No, just moved from box A to box B. Uh, and then the and then the final thing is capital gains. Uh, whenever the capital gains tax uh, uh, went down, um, uh, notably in, in 1997 uh, and again in 2003, uh, investors traded more frequently, reported more capital gains, uh, and naturally that shows up. When the dividend tax went down, uh, we, uh, folk, investors moved out of tax-exempt bonds, which didn't show up in the data, into uh, div- dividend-paying stocks, which do show up in the data. That looks like they're making more money, but they're really just making it in a different way. Uh, So basically, you can't use tax data to estimate income distribution. There's many better statistics out there, notably from the uh, Survey of Consumer Finance from the Fed. Um, Folks use these numbers demagogically. 
for a reason, uh, and uh, we, we need to take a second look. What are the implications for people who are not in that top 1%? Well, the irony is, if you put the capital gains tax up, we tried it. We did it in in, uh, in 1987, and and the amount of revenue collected from that tax went way down. The amount of income reported by the top one percent went down from capital gains because folks would just sit on their capital gains or not realize them unless they had uh, uh, offsetting losses. Look, if you s- sat on Apple stock rather than realizing your gains, you're still a wealthy person because it's gone up so much. Same with Google. Uh, it doesn't make you richer to sell something, but uh, when we- people do sell, it shows up in these data once again. If we put the uh, 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 top income tax rate far above the corporate rate as being proposed by uh, Ways and Means Chairman Charlie Rangel, uh, you can be sure that it would take about one year and thousands and thousands of businesses and professionals, doctors and lawyers, would set, would switch from filing under the individual tax code to filing under the corporate tax code, where, by the way, it's easier to hide their money. What would that mean? That means pay, they're paying less tax. The top 1%, according to the CBO, is paying about 36 37% of all income tax. The irony of ra- trying to raise tax rates on the top 1% is it'll end up soaking the middle class because the tax burden is going to get shifted to them. Alan Reynolds' op-ed, The Truth About the Top 1%, appeared in the Wall Street Journal October 25th. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. If you haven't yet, please visit the redesigned Cato Institute website at cato.org.